Welcome to the Identify Podcast, where we attempt to peel back the layers of your favorite internet personalities to better understand who they are and how the heck did they end up so awesome. Now, today we have musician, comedian, artist, outrageous life coach, exceptional high-fiver, Ali Spagnola. Ali, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So glad that you think I have layers. This is great. You say you live an outrageous life. Define it. Outrageous is living life with joy and doing things that perhaps conventional society would call childish or a waste of time when really it is fun and drives your passion and is outrageous. How does a girl from suburban Pittsburgh become this internet sensation? Probably through not getting enough attention in middle school and then needing to prove yourself by putting everything you ever created on the internet. One of the things I noticed in your bio is the fact that you basically live your life on Snapchat. But is there a downside to that? Yeah, honestly, it's funny because I have not updated my website enough to say that I live my life less on Snapchat now. It takes a lot of time to continually curate the story of what your day is. And so I'm doing it less and less. It also started more so in whenever the pandemic struck because I wasn't going places and there wasn't anything to sort of show on Snapchat and nobody wants to see me again in my apartment doing the same thing day after day. I guess the downside of that was that I couldn't focus on other things. So now the time that I was putting into my continual life vlogging is into my art projects and my music. So that's been cool to make that shift. Let's talk about your art project because you will offer a free painting to anyone who requests one. This was an interesting thing that started many years ago where I wanted art to be less esoteric. It was very elitist when I went to art school. And so I decided I would bring art to the world by giving it away. I put paintings on the wall in galleries and just let people take them. And that spread a lot of joy. It was very fun being at those shows. And so I started doing it online and then ended up sending out thousands of paintings to strangers all over the world. It ended up way bigger than I expected. You mentioned the pandemic affecting your Snapchat life, but has it affected your free painting? I've been doing less free paintings. Back when I first started it, I was doing at least one a day. It was pretty crazy how fast I was cranking them out. And now it is much less less focusing on new things. I haven't seen really much a difference in the excitement around it in the pandemic versus not. You've touched on how the pandemic has changed your direction. And in that time, are you kind of reevaluating your life? Because a lot of people may have thought that during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. I think most of it is where I'm living, honestly. It hasn't affected my creative output in any way because most of the time I was just trapped in my house making stuff even when I wasn't forced to be there. If anything, it took away a lot of the distraction that was networking and going to events. That's a big reason why I moved to LA. And so now I'm like, why am I in LA paying LA prices when none of that is there anymore? And we're all living our lives on Zoom and Zencaster and whatever remotely. I guess I've really rethought what I would call home base. I'm still in LA, but who knows? have a connection to Toy Story. This was my previous life. Before I became a person on the internet, I worked at a video game startup and they happened to 
helped design one of the rides for Disney. Toy Story Mania is what it's called. When you're sitting in the actual ride, there's a screen that keeps track of your score, and I worked on those screens. I've ridden it once, and it's so funny. There happened to be a ride malfunction, and they stopped the ride, and we had to get out and walk back. But I got to see all of my error screens. <laughs> Ali Spagnola is an exceptional high-fiver. I'm going to give you the secret, and then you can also be an exceptional high-fiver. And so many people that think they're exceptional high-fivers come to me, and they're like, it's about the elbow, right? The secret is emotion. You just got to be there for the person that when you're high-fiving, you're making that other person feel cool. And if you can send cool to the other person, you have exceptionally high-fived. You say you have a full-time creative career as a YouTuber. We also touched on the fact you are a musician and, oh, I see your band in Michigan. And there was also a lawsuit about it. They're based on my concert that is an interactive party where you drink along with me. I mean, that came about because I was playing normal concerts and I was like, this is boring. And everyone else was kind of bored too. And so I was like, all right, I'll make it a drinking game. And then suddenly it was fun and interactive. I didn't invent the game. It's called a power hour, but someone else was also making power hours at the time. It was really like a DVD that he was selling in Spencer's. Very different from my game, but he was claiming that he invented power hour and that it was his name and he was issued a trademark for it. He fought me and told me that I couldn't play my concerts or sell my album anymore. And so I had to take him to court, but I won and power hour is free for everyone. So now we can continue to play the absurd drinking game that no one owns. <laughs> And then beyond that, when you're talking about Michigan, I was performing around the country and it just so happens that Michigan has a law where you can't advertise a drinking game. And oops, I did that. So I got kicked out of the state. <laughs> I don't know. It's something about forbidden fruits. I'm like, dang, what's in Michigan? I bet it's really great. Also, it's not, it's not like I can't go there. It's just that the state police and state liquor control board said that Ali Spagnola can never hold an event in Michigan ever again. So that's fine. <laughs> Do you feel tempted to try? Oh, absolutely. You used to run an Instagram account called Same Breakfast. Your last post was in October of 2019. Did you discover bacon or do you just not eat breakfast anymore? Honestly, I stopped eating breakfast. It's funny because even in October, like towards the end of there, I was having breakfast like, I don't know, 2 p.m. My breakfast kept getting shifted later and later and then it got bigger and bigger. And it was like, oh, I, should, I guess I'm not doing this anymore because it really was different. The whole idea behind that was that I was having the same thing every day and the photos all look identical, but it's a new day. I'm a little bummed I'm not doing it anymore because that really was like an interesting artwork. One of the reasons why perhaps you have changed your eating habits because you become a fitness influencer. By the way, according to my research team, you have awesome abs. Oh, I thank you. I mean, I'm also really good at lighting and angles, so that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am constantly experimenting with workouts and food and different longevity things. So I had challenged myself for 60 days to be vegan and I just completed it yesterday. For sure, I can't be eating my same breakfast when I'm vegan. It just did not serve my experimentation to be eating everything the same every day. What was the toughest thing about being vegan? I, I was going to say going out to eat, but I live in LA and all of my friends agreed to go to vegan restaurants. The social aspect of it is probably the hardest thing. I was on a video shoot and they got pizza for everyone and I could not partake in pizza, but I could partake in telling everyone I'm vegan because I was vegan and that's what we do. We talk about being vegan. Is there a stigma socially about being a vegan? I think so, but it's probably because initially vegan is thought of as someone who cares about animals and then is going to annoy you for eating meat because 
the precious cow that died for your burger. I'm not that type of vegan. I hope not to be oppressive to other people that are eating meat. I understand you have a name for your bike? Yes, Ashton. It came about because my friend gifted him to me because she's a a bike influencer and she got me the hookup. It was really cool. But the way she did it was by causing an emotional roller coaster in a YouTube video for her channel. I was borrowing someone else's bike. I didn't even have my own. She snuck around and basically fooled me into thinking that my bike was stolen. And at the lowest point of me freaking out and apologizing to my friend who was in on it too, the friend that I was borrowing the bike from, she then gifted me the new one that was my own. And Ashton Kutcher is the host of Punked, so that's why I named him Ashton. If there's one thing your pallies don't know about you that you think they should know, what would it be? (sighs) Interesting. I feel like I put everything out there. Oh my goodness. I watch a lot of animation like stuff for adults, not adult content, but like adult animation, like Rick and Morty and Futurama and things like that. Not so much a South Park fan. It's funny because I generally don't really speak about what I do in my free time because I don't have a lot of it. But if I do have any, I'm turning on Rick and Morty. Ali Spagnola, thank you very much for joining us on the Identify podcast. Thank you for having me. Make sure you join us next week when the Identify podcast will have Justin Robert Young to explain how he went from a Florida-grown college jokester to a podcast-producing powerhouse with multiple award-winning comedy albums under his replica championship wrestling belt. I'm Trip Rogers. Thanks for listening. The Identify Podcast, a Three the Hard Way production.